Hello guys and welcome to the Innovative Creative where we help designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I'm your host Devin and today I have a special guest on the uh, podcast and we're going to be talking about SEO and design and how they correlate together but uh, I want to introduce you guys to Brian Stowe of Illuminate Digital and could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I absolutely can. Thanks for having me first of all Devin. I appreciate it. So. As Devin said, Brian Stoll with Illuminate Digital. Uh, we're based out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and a search engine optimization is something that's very, very important to me. And as you know, Devin, we've talked about how to be able to incorporate SEO search engine optimization with design. Yeah. So that way your website can be found by Google. Yeah. And then it looks good when it get there. Yeah, exactly that. Um, my biggest thing with uh, design and uh, SEO content. So here's something I just recently found out. This is uh, kind of like off tangent a little bit, but uh, when you do like the metadata for your SEO content and all that stuff, that stuff does not matter at all. They do not look at that anymore. Is parent is is what they say. Like the um, like the meta tags for uh, SEO besides the title. It says they say they don't look at that type of stuff, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing but it's just something i uh, recently learned it's something that um just throwing that out there but now let's get into the uh actual part so how to incorporate content all right so how to incorporate content into design so uh picking the blessed places based on design aesthetic and while op- optimizing the copy for seo could you uh I'll uh, I'll let you go first. How would you uh, uh, attack that when it comes to designing SEO, like integrating that content? Well, for me, working with different clients on on different businesses, everything from restaurants to construction to uh, different retail places, they've got a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And they also want to be able to sell. So they want conversion. So you need to be able to tell a story that's convincing. And then also be able to talk about uh, what's important to the person that's using the website. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. And I want to start on the, so telling the story part too. Uh, You can tell a story through design, but it doesn't necessarily represent like all of the SEO content, things like that. So trying to tell a story only through the design doesn't necessarily work because you have to have content and text on your website for in order for people to kind of like get where it needs to be. Right. Yeah. I think you need to do both. Yeah. Because with the design of it, you know, and using the pictures that you're going to be able to implement into there and how, how to put those on a website and the layout you're, it's like a movie. Yeah. You know, because you can sit and listen to a movie but without how it visually looks, it's just kind of just off-putting. You just you only get in one part of the uh, scenario, yeah, basically. It's communication. Yeah. So you know when you talk about human communication, mm-hmm. a very small portion of it is the ver- is the words that we're using. It's the voice inflection. It's the it's the expression on the face. And so when you look at a designing a website, how are you going to implement the story you're going to tell? And how long is that story? So you need to be able to lay it out in such a way that the people are not going to be uh, put off by the volume of content in one little section. So how are you going to break that content up within the design? Yeah. And another thing, too, 
I've been working with clients too about this. Like, yeah, you can have a long form content and then break it up. But the other thing is, how do you explain that in a way that people understand, especially if your product is complicated? Like visually, that's uh, easier said than done. But content and text wise, man, that's uh, I don't I don't deal with the content. I'm more of a designer guy. I mean, I can write content if I want to, but yeah, but like content is just one of those things I struggle with myself. So I can imagine how it would work with the SEO in general. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, explaining that, like, how do you explain what the customer, your customer as a designer or SEO or website designer, how do you explain to them how they need to take their information and split it up? And then how, then how do you, split everything up so that way that the end user of the website yeah, is using it. So Yeah, you got a point there. Like it's just it's not it's not easy, but they don't exist with one one doesn't exist without another. Um that brings me into the next thing too with images. So we're gonna talk about image tags. So image tags are uh more or less these uh, metadata type things that attach to your image. If you work with WordPress, you know what those are. If you work with Wix, you probably know what those are as well. You just, uh, they, they're called alt tags in um, uh, the developer world. That's what I normally call them, but we're going to call them image tags as a reference because so that way people can know what they are and what they, uh, what they do. But essentially they describe the image for uh, SEO engines and other places like uh, websites, like Twitter, things like that. Yeah. So while having that design there, um, like you can have a beautiful like image that you're putting inside of the design to explain everything, what is going on and things like that. But if it doesn't have an alt tag, then nobody knows what it is. And it also hurts with accessibility. Could you go in a little bit more on that? Yeah, I'm glad you bring up the accessibility. Uh, we just recently built a website for um, an elementary school, and accessibility was a really important piece of that because they need to think about people that are um, visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And if they're visually impaired and they're using software that as they're moving the mouse around and it falls over that mouse and it says 8694321.jpg. <laughs> yeah. That's not the funnest thing to listen to. It was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is uh, this is not this is not made for everyone kind of thing. Yeah, and so like my rule on that is like, what is the picture? If it's you know, you could say man holding hammer. Yeah. Or you could say construction services, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Yeah. Which one would you prefer? Because uh, I'm more of the the descriptive guy, but which one would you prefer? I would prefer to be a mix of both of those. Okay. So if it is somebody with a hammer, yeah. So construction construction guy with a hammer, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Yeah, that makes sense. So that way you're getting the the uh, the geo reference built into it too. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see how that would like improve on how things would go. Uh, but I want to talk about a little bit more about like how to uh, use the description um, to better your business and SEO things like that. I know we just talked about it a little bit, but more so on the fact of uh, how does uh, how does search engines like work with that image? How do they, uh, what, what happens when people search for search, uh, your website and that image just happen to has the alt tags, what happens there? So with the alt tags on, on images is that a lot of people will put images up on a website and they just think it makes it look good or mm-hmm. it makes it look better. Whereas the search engines are trying to see, 
what is that image about and what does it relate to? And that's going to go into their indexing files. Okay. And so if you, um, there's going to be a lot of people probably listening to this that are not old enough to remember index cards in a library. You and I probably do. I mean, yeah, I use them every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) So, and if, if they have an index card and, and there's really good information on there, such as those pictures, Mm -hmm. if you put the actual name of the picture on there, that's going to benefit it. And it's going to make it easier to find that quote book in the library. So here it's in a, you know, in a, the digital world, the internet, Google, Bing. Now it's easier for that search engine to be able to pull that file off there. And a lot of times images are really, really important. If you ever do an image search, yeah. how many times does it actually, when you go view site, and it's it's an image, it's exactly what you're looking for, and it takes you into a site that you never thought you were going to go to. Oh, excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, I get you on that one. Um, it's uh, like just trying to search those images, like – Every once in a while, I'll Google myself, and I'll Google the images and kind of go from there. Um, it's nice that I find my images, but at the same time, I find this other basketball player. But I will get into that, like, you know, later. But essentially, like, just being able to have your images searchable on the website can help people just pretty much, like, figure out what they want aesthetically for their design. Uh, say, for instance, you have a mock-up on the website that's just kind of, like, there that somebody built and you search uh, design mockups, and your mockup is a part of that. If you're a designer, they click that, and it automatically goes to the website where the source was. And then they see the mockup, then they see your work, and it's just a way for people to get to your website. And yeah, and then you have a potential customer that wasn't looking for you. Yeah, that but they they were looking for the work that you provide. I've got a perfect example of a client that um, gets traffic to their website from time to time because of an image that we put on their website. Oh, cool. um, Maiden Voyage Tours up in uh, McGregor, Iowa. They do tours of the Mississippi River. They're they're almost directly below the bridge that takes you from McGregor to Prairie du Chien, and we've used we've tagged that the bridge multiple times throughout their website, and they often will get people that will come across that bridge for some reason and it will take them to the website because it's an image that's on the website. It's been indexed by Google. The image itself has been indexed by Google. And then that's just basically how they find them. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Actually. I I honestly like, Hey people uh, add, add image tags to your images. Like, and we did it with the casino right next door to them. They have a riverboat casino. And that's happened too. So people that are that are looking for the casino, they come across an image of the casino, and then they just go. It, right to and the then website. and at, I didn't know there was river tours right next to the casino. So you know maybe before I go into the casino, I'm gonna hop on. I'm gonna take a riverboat tour, or maybe I'm gonna take a riverboat tour and then help them plan their their trip up there. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, but I want to get into the next topic. You sure. Don't mind. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the next topic that we got here is assess- accessibility in website structure. And this kind of plays into the image tags and uh, accessibility as well. So, like, uh, I'm pretty sure Wix does it. I'm almost certain uh, WordPress does it if you use the right theme. And if a developer knows what he's doing, they would probably do it too. But using semantic HTML when you build a website Essentially, is basic. It's basically elements in HTML that tells the uh, the accessibility software or whatever you uh, whatever thing you're using 
what this is, what it does, and how it works. And it makes it easier for uh, that person uh, who is vis- either visually impaired, deaf, um, well, not deaf, um, just just um, handicapped in a way to easily browse websites just as we do. And you want to go into a little bit of detail about how that uh, kind of like re- uh, relates and everything? Yeah, that's going to relate uh, very, really well. You know, there's a lot of website design platforms out there, mm-hmm. the do-it-yourself platforms, uh, you know, and then, then the web flows and, and the WordPress. And I would say anybody who's maybe designing their own website without hiring somebody like you or I, make sure that that platform actually has at least a plug-in or have a tool built in to be able to make it access- accessible for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um you can actually get into legal issues if you don't have that at times too. Um, but that design, it's getting to the point now where design isn't just about how it, how it is designed visually. Yeah. So you need to use different parts of code or different tools that will actually take care of the code for you. Um, cause I know, uh, Wix actually just developed, um, or has a new accessibility, checklist and it'll take you through it and if it, if an image is not um the image actually wasn't properly named oh nice. it, it'll tell you about that um there's also tools that you can get that are plugins um my uh wordpress has the plugin available to them uh webflow wix um and some of the other designers um it's called accessibility oh oh yeah i know what that one is actually yeah and it will actually it, it's a button at the bottom of your website um, we've used it, uh, on a couple of websites ourselves and you click the button. I always thought it was for visually impaired people, you know, years ago when I heard about accessibility, mm-hmm. it can be for people with ADHD. Mm-hmm. It can be for people who have, uh, seizure issues. Uh, you know, we don't run into, well, you and I might run into a few, uh, flash situations, <laughs> um, but that Flash. can be hard for somebody that <laughs> be like, well, it doesn't bother me when I run into somebody that has Flash on their website yeah, because it gives me a talking point to be able to, to help them improve their business because search engines love Flash. Yeah, yeah. Sarcastically. Yeah, that, that, um, so... Speaking of flash, a little <laughs> bit off t- uh, tangent uh, that I saw, uh, off tangent thing that I saw the other day. Um, so I just got Windows 11 on my computer. Awesome software makes my computer go faster. But uh, it really, uh, I went on the App Store. I was like, okay, let's browse the apps. They said the App Store is pretty good. You know, let's go ahead and browse and see what they got. And then I come across this Flash player that plays old files with uh, with like it's just the Windows app that plays old Flash player files. And it's got, like, all of these old games that you could play on there. One of them was, uh, back in my high school days, Block Source was one of those Flash games that was on there. You got to, like, it's like a puzzle game where you got to kind of, like, get the block in between this little hole and it just drops down. And you got to do a whole bunch of, like, switches and all the other stuff. It's pretty legit. No, get me wrong. But, like, man, it's, uh, it's you can't play it anymore because of, uh, Flash is not supported in major browsers. But uh, Flash is Flash is great. But I'm pretty sure it was not great for security reasons and like accessibility and all that. Oh, stuff. it's terrible for accessibility. And <laughs> isn't it funny how something that was like, if you didn't have Flash on your website in the day, you didn't have a good website. <laughs> now, if you have Flash on your website, 
well, people will probably start sending you faxes because they think you still have a fax machine. Oh my gosh, that's because <laughs> you're that archaic. That's that's funny, actually. Um, I remember when Wix used to use the Flash Player to build websites. Uh, Didn't all of them? Yeah, like all of them. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it was so slow when you added all the stuff and made it all like where it needed to be. It was just nuts. Like you would try and do all of the things. I would try and like design this freaking amazing website, which looked really good. Um, back when I was in Michigan, I started on Wix. I, that was how I was able to make a website for somebody and like actually like have it in a way that is like visually uh, appealing to other people and it would be really really legit. But man, I look at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I made that. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that makes Wix so good at what they do now is that um, they've been around. They they were the first plug and play website design it, it was all diy for years yeah and they just kept adding more tools and more tools and just you know and as the internet changed and as google search engine optimization uh algorithms continue to develop wix kept kept developing their their software programs mm-hmm. and um and now they've invested a ton of money into designers and agencies yeah, um, that's one thing I really do like about how Wix uh, does a lot of things. I haven't tried the new Editor X thing, but I want to comment on the actual, uh, like, just making sure that the website was uh, mobile back in the day when it was still using Flash. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the things where I was like, okay, they had a simple mobile, like, uh, view for this thing, and it's pretty legit, but, like, mobile phones weren't very, uh, what's the word, popular at the time when I, uh, when they first came out. But as as it grew, they just kind of like just say, okay, let's go ahead and make it responsive. Let's go ahead and do all of these things. Let's make it so that way we can have designers and get into this. We, let's make it so that way we can add developer features and any things that we're missing kind of thing, which is nice with that platforms actually uh, consider all of that type of stuff. And that kind of gets me into my next uh, segment, which is responsive design. So... What I hear is that responsive design is detrimental for SEO, and I'm not, not having a yeah, responsive design. Yeah, is not detrimental. Yeah, to, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just learned it because I thought, hey, it was a, a good thing to do. Now that I've learned it, it's just one of those things that okay, how can I make this really really awesome design on desktop look really really good on mobile? Um, and it's just been one of those things that I just done consistently just because i thought it was something that you needed to do but i never knew it was something that was uh uh seo centric if that makes sense so could you go on into detail about that oh yeah it's absolutely seo centric uh because when you look look back i believe it was april 2011 i believe is when it um this happened it was called mobile getting mm-hmm. oh yeah you remember yeah yeah um so i i worked for a big box digital marketing company at the time and we spent months and months prior to this mobile getting because we knew it was coming so what google did is um in april of 2000 like i said i believe it was 2011 um they demoted every single non-responsive or at least non-mobile friendly website yeah and so if your design didn't include that so like if you went if you had a wordpress site and you didn't make the mobile version of it too or if you were in wix and you didn't optimize it for mobile because it's it doesn't automatically put everything in the right place it doesn't make sure that it fits on the screen yeah 
And, um, you know, and maybe there's things that you designed in the, into the desktop where it just doesn't work for mobile. It takes up too much speed. It actually eats up the speed. So what Google did is demoted every single website when somebody that was not mobile, when somebody did a search on a mobile device. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I had some problems with it at first. And it was uh, like trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? How can I do that? But then again, I was using Webflow at the time, so I didn't have too many problems. <laughs> well, you were in a situation where you were designing at the time, you know, so very similar to where you're at right now. I was fortunate enough that all I was doing was selling these services. So all I had to do was say, you're not, your website's not mobile friendly. You need to upgrade. You need to make some changes you need to buy a new website that has mobile built into it yeah and then the other thing that kind of was uh going away not too long ago i would say this is more recent than not i think it started in like uh 2017 2018 and now they're really uh, forcing it uh they really don't like it when you have don't have a responsive uh website but you uh make it so that way it's mobile friendly but it's in a completely different structure of what it was before. So a good example of that would be Facebook um, going and uh, having Facebook.com. M.Facebook? Yeah, M.Facebook.com. Excuse me. Um, So, like, when they go to Facebook.com on the mobile device, perfectly fine. I mean, mean, oh, it's not perfectly fine because they would would literally lose page um, stuff on there just for that reason. And that doesn't necessarily apply to them only because, let's say. um, Because they have the best coders in the world. eh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) There's some things in uh, Facebook's code that I I honestly would like, like, or design language that I would change only because of uh, user-friendly. But I get that they create an app for billions and billions of users. But we'll leave that one on to the, uh, yeah, but like basically nobody see their searching the search engines that ha- are out there they don't see any of this stuff and facebook auto, uh purposely does this so they don't have any uh index of their uh content uh outside of facebook mm. because they don't need to be you have to be logged in in order to do it and google doesn't uh parse logged in websites and that's just one of those things that's just not good the only thing they really need to have that's uh mobile friendly is their sign up page and their uh mobile sign up page or whatever it is even then they still have apps and most people don't browse the m.facebook.com website so that's one of those things that's just kind of yeah one uh, out there but i know that i got a little bit uh off tangent but uh i wanted to bring that back with uh saying this having a different structure um not responsive but a different structure of a mobile website does hurt your seo and the reason being is because it's just something that's completely different than what the desktop website is and that's harder to index google's not going to take the time out to index that oh absolutely yeah and so if if you designed it to look really really good on a desktop and you did really nothing to make sure that it was optimized for the mobile device mm. you're gonna hurt your seo yeah because it's Things that work really, really well on a desktop could dramatically slow down the download speed on a mobile device. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, sometimes there's pictures that you don't need to have anymore. Sometimes there's elements that you don't need to have. 
Yeah. You know, if you've got strips that are built into it or different columns and things like that, you know, every element on a website that's built into it that you and I see as designers and developers, the general public doesn't see. Yeah. But the search engines, the browsers, they still have to, it still has to download all of those elements. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's like trying to uh, say, for instance, you've got a whole bunch of images that are uh, on your website and then half of them don't really necessarily uh, need to be there. You can just hide them and the browser automatically is like, oh, that's hidden in the CSS or whatever it is. Okay, I won't load that. That's cool. Yeah, I won't load it. And so it helps the download speed. And the thing from a mobile device, you know, from design on mobile, some of these pictures they're used to be able to break up a large screen yeah. and to aesthetically look nice. Yeah. Whereas it, it can be distracting once the person is actually on a mobile device that, you know, they don't need to see that, you know, pink line that you put in on the website that to is, break up a section. Yeah. And I agree with you there. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm one of those guys that love to put dividers in design, but uh, I'm starting to try to get away from it. Uh, it's the one of those things that you don't necessarily need, but if you do absolutely need it and it goes with the design language, put it in there. But if it doesn't, then just kind of like leave it. Um, but just trying to make it so that way the design is like well spaced out. The items are clickable when you're on your mobile device. And oh my they, goodness, yes. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's one of those biggest things. Oh my gosh. Uh, design we, the right buttons. Put, you know, if you, you know, Call to action. Mm-hmm. Design call to action into a website. Yeah. So many people, when whether it's a lot of times it, it's my newer clients, uh, maybe even sometimes existing clients, that um, you talk to them about call to action and selling on the website. Yeah. And when you say selling, when you're selling on a website, uh, I don't have an e-commerce site. I, I get that, but you're still selling. Yeah. How do you design those call to actions into the website with the content. How do you design the call to action? And we've been talking about using images. Can you put content over the top of an image or build it into an image? I would prefer that you build it actually over the top of an image. Don't build content into the image. Yeah. Um, you know, and then build it on a, on a on publisher and then, and then pull it over put it on top of that so Google can read that call to action and then, and then put a button in there. So, you know, you, you'd say, uh, to learn more about our services, then click this here, button, click this yeah. button here or something to that effect. And then make the button look nice, you know, yeah. use the colors that the website uses, make it fit aesthetically. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to agree with that one. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude. There are so many buttons that are on a website that I miss because it's just the same color as their buttons of the, uh, the same color of their website. And this just might just be me, but it's just when you have the same color throughout the entire website, you don't have a call to action color or anything like that. It just yeah. makes it hard to browse yeah. it. Yeah. They, you know, where they use a opaque button, with a blue border over the top of a blue sky. Yeah. Can't see it. Yeah. And it's one of those, yeah, it's just one of those things that really, really make yep. me uh, irritated. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, and you know, and I wanted to backtrack a little bit when oh, you were fine. talking about um, images and how to be able to use images and how, how to aesthetically make them look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very often I will redesign websites or do a complete brand new design. And 
a lot of times um, when I'm getting clients that are coming from somewhere, maybe they, they may have built it on WordPress, may have built it on Wix, and I look at their designs, either they did it or, or they had a profession, professional quote do yeah, it. Um, <laughs> and their images are just sitting on the website flat. There's no borders. There's no shadowing. There's right. just, it's, it's obviously a computer and images. It's, it's two dimensional. Yeah. You don't have to leave it two dimensional though, or looking two dimensional. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, they'll use buttons. Like we were talking about that colors. They don't have great colors in it. And then they don't also, you know, you can actually make it look like it's pulling off of the page by shadow, shadowing yeah. the image and putting borders on it. So that way it, it actually stands out it, like to our eyes, the human eye. It looks like it's actually uh, in front of. I agree with else. you on that one too. And the images too. Yeah, it's like, it, yeah, images and buttons and, and tangent, just having like a shadow behind it. I don't do it too often because some people think it's uh, one of those things that doesn't necessarily uh, – translate in all the designs. Well, I wouldn't do it for Rockwell Collins. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for that either. I mean, flat image, Rockwell Collins, there you go. Or what is it, Collins Aerospace now? Uh, uh, something. <laughs> um, the air, the What is the, the logo? Uh, the logo looks like a, what is it? A it sounds like they need a new logo. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't remember the logo. Yeah, it, it just, wanted, it looks like a, like a, like a, like a pinwheel. Like, I don't know, like, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. Like a pinwheel. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think yeah. If if Collins Aerospace want to get us a logo, just uh, I mean, just reach out to us and then we'll get you with a logo on the website. Just saying. But uh, Devin back, Green. <laughs> uh, like getting back on top. Yeah, it looks like yeah, it looks like a loading it, symbol. It, That's what it looks like. Uh, um, I don't want to see the loading symbol. While I'm actually in a plane. Yeah, and shout out to Alex on that one. He just uh, pulled it up for me. Like It looked like a pinwheel. I was like, I know it was something in long Collins lines. Aerospace. It, it literally looks loading. like. Loading. Yeah, it literally looks like a freaking like loading, like loading screen. Like you go to a website and that's what you would see. And then they got this. And I'm like, the guy that designed that, I'm, I, I apologize. I know you put a lot of work into that, but man the the meaning and everything behind it from like a uh maybe like a, the decision makers really liked it i mean nothing wrong with that like <laughs> i can see it in a uh more corporate space but as far as like just in general outside of that corporate space like it's just a regular consumer like me just randomly seeing it mm -hmm. i'm gonna think a loading screen i'm um, sorry yeah exactly but, so and you know and getting to the point where like we were talking about shadows and, yeah. and things like that. Like it, it wouldn't work for Rockwall Collins to be able to do that, but a musician or um, a, a venue, yeah, you know, someplace like TCR or um, any of the um, music venues that are out there. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, you use something that's cool. I mean, because these are entertainment locations, so make the website entertaining also. Yeah, and I agree with you on that one. Like, just making it, like, visually aesthetic. Just making it so that way it looks really, really cool. Like, don't get me wrong, trying to make it as, uh, accessible as well, but making it visually aesthetic for that reason and then, like, doing the accessibility part for that reason as well, it just makes things just so much easier. But I don't want to get too much off topic. I know we got onto the Collins logo, but the last, <laughs> the last tangent that we got here is above the fold content. 
Oh my goodness. So above the full content is the content that you see when you go to a website and they try to sell you on something or show you something or pretty much just pretty much just show you something. Where did that come from, Devin? Um, above the fold. I have no clue. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I just kind of like went into it and was like, okay, yeah, that's what they're calling that now. But I think, I think that's one of those things I'm going to have. I'm gonna that have, goes back. I got you. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, Alex I, look up. The, I can help you out on yeah. this. One. I think, I it, think Brian knows. Oh, I, Oh, Oh, yeah. he does know. Oh, so this actually comes from, uh, newspapers. So when you had a newspaper, so we're in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Cedar Rapids Gazette. When you got the Cedar Rapids Gazette and you mm-hmm. unrolled it after you pulled it off your porch, you looked at it and you had the whole paper, but you only had the first upper half above the fold. I swear you told me this before, but then like my mind was like, oh, dude, that's just like so freaking awesome how that connects. But well, it's so simple. So a lot of people don't know how the above the fold connects very much like um, a lot of I'm Gen X. So I will put that out there. So the generations (laughs) that came after me don't know what that little symbol on your computer is that is the they, they think it's the save symbol. Oh, floppy disk. That's a floppy disk. That's yeah. that's the three and a quarter. Oh yeah. Okay. Not yeah. not the five and a half. Yeah. But they, <laughs> that's that's where that comes from. So so it's like, you know, there's terms that are used where people don't know where those came from. Yeah. And, and so above the fold means on your web page. That's it, the it just, might be the home page, might be something else. It's whatever is goes down to the at the very bottom. So the content that is designed above the fold without having to scroll. Those are going to be those call to actions. That's going to be those, um, a lot of times, those keywords and those relatable terms. You want to make sure that your number one keyword is above the fold. You also want to make sure that the relatable terms are there too because Google doesn't care about the single keyword. They need to see relevant content and quality content around those words. So you should have at least some of your keyword and relatable keywords above the fold because that is actually going to tell Google that that is more important. You got a point there. That would be, uh, that, uh, I got a question for you too now. Uh, say, for instance, you have a video studio that is uh, or just like a, a, a creative studio that shows their content on their website in a way that uh, is just through the video. So say, for instance, they're above the full content is literally their studio name, two call to actions, and a video that plays in behind that. How would you feel about that? I would want an explanation of the video somewhere. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So if it didn't have it, I yeah, you know, from a, from a SEO company owner designer website design company and i saw something where they had the video on there and i think videos are fantastic when they're done right Mm -hmm. because it's going to hold people's attention and they're going to stay on that web page longer and hopefully on that website longer that's going to benefit the seo because of the length of time on a website but if they have a few call to actions they have an h1 yeah hopefully they have an h1 yeah yeah yeah, they do. Yeah, if your main page doesn't have an H1 on there, then it's just going to yeah. Yeah, yeah. go fix it or call somebody. <laughs> um, 
And but if it, if that video is on there and it's the explainer of who this business is, what the business is about, how to be able to proceed, and it doesn't have that information somewhere on that page near that video where it doesn't do that too, it's going to hurt your SEO. I can see that, and I get I get the reason why it would be like that in in particular. Just having not having any content above the fold in that particular uh, sense would not only make things a little bit. I wouldn't say it wouldn't make it worse. It make it visually. It would be probably be like one of those things where it's like it's drawing me in. What's this person about? Oh, let me click the call to action or scroll down and find out what's about the website. But as far as like the SEO goes, it uh, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, and if you don't have that content in there, it can actually hurt some usability on the website for people because if you're sitting there you're watching your significant other is watching broad church and mm-hmm. you're not interested in that show and you want to sit and so you're looking at your phone and you come across a website and it just has a video on there and you're like well the image on the video looks pretty interesting but i don't have earbuds if i play this i'm gonna get uh a look yeah because well, i just interrupted her show or maybe your significant other is sleeping and, and you woke up in the middle of the night and you're you know so you need to think about that end user like if you can you need to relay that same information to the different types of people and the reason why i say that is because i have a website that is exactly that is exactly what i was talking about um i'm going to bring it up and i'm going to give you an idea of um what it looks like um here we go once it loads i know you guys can't see this but uh if you guys want to see it it is a website that i have designed called festudios.com um fred ebong really awesome person just just fantastically talented yeah he's really really talented um but it's taking a little while to load for some reason i think my data is not the best right now just taking its sweet sweet time um but yeah this is what it looks like the video plays in the background and I think videos in the background, and that's to me that's different. Yeah, where you've got the video in the background, um, moving images. I I think it'd be hard for me to find a website where the home page cannot benefit from some sort of a moving image, whether that is a video or a slideshow. Yeah, because we as designers we know this, but then we need to explain it to our clients that. Um, the end user has the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> I know so, I say this all the time, but it's still pretty funny. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the terms that I say. And also I, I call it internet ADD. Yeah. I'm, internet attention. Def, maybe, maybe it could be internet uh, induced ADD because we, we have a ten, we have sl- very short attention spans. Mm-hmm. So a moving video, an actual, actual video or a slideshow mm-hmm. that can keep people's interest. And so that way you're like, you know, it moving images, no matter what, will always keep somebody's uh, attention over a still image. Yeah. And I agree with you there. It's just one of those things that, uh, I would say, like, based on your, uh, based on your, uh, like, analy- analyzation of how everything goes, like, having this above the, uh, con- the full, having this type above the full content doesn't necessarily contribute to SEO. So, how would you feel if you added, like, uh, you described the video 
like in the in a, in an alt tag or something like that. It, it absolutely did uh, describe it in the alt tag, but here's the thing: it actually does benefit the SEO. Really? In in a way, because a video, statistically speaking, anytime there's a video, in uh, in this this design is great. We're looking at it on a mo- mobile device right now, and it has no sound key. And unless you're a musician, I can't think of any reason to have automatic sound on a website. It's distracting, and there's often you will jump yeah. out of it. I, um, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and most and most people do. So when you look at this design, uh, it, it plays automatically. It's got great moving images. But statistically speaking, when um, somebody sees moving images, they stay on that page longer. They stay on that website longer. Google recognizes time on page. Google also recognizes time on site. Okay. So when they, and the reason they're doing that is because Google wants to provide the best option to take those people to when they're doing a keyword search. So if they're looking for a photography studio and they end up on Freddie Bong's website, it has moving images. One thing is that helps sell because quality videos. Okay. But then also that time on that site, let's say there's another competitor of Fred's and and somebody goes to Fred's website and they spend four minutes on a page. That's actually a really long time on a page. Yeah. Like you, if you can break that two minute mark on a page, that's you've, you've done something special for that site. Yeah. No kidding. And so let's say, let's say it is four minutes that they spend on that page because the video helped keep their attention and and now they're going to keep scrolling down. And then his competitor has an average time on site of 50 seconds. Fred will get the, it's called authority rank. Oh, okay. The higher that authority rank of a website is, the higher on the search pages that they're probably going to show up. Now there's another two, there's like another 210 factors that are, that are going to play into that. But time on page, Google sees, oh my gosh, four minutes versus 50 seconds. We must've really take we did a really good job of offering this as an option because people are finding what they're wanting because if you don't find what you want or it's hard to find what you want once you get there you're not going to stay there very long oh wow so so it actually does benefit the seo okay and that's that's something i learned something on this podcast that is legit dude <laughs> you and i usually do learn something when we sit together like <laughs> i i always learn something when i sit with you yeah no kidding like, like I, I i could say the same about you so it's like thank it's, you yeah, it's one of those things where like i did not know that that's something that's like didn't like i don't know much about seo and i don't like pride my uh, i don't um pride myself to learn that stuff about seo because i i focus on design um I'll, I'll make it so that way the website is good for SEO, but anything as far as content, nah, I mean, I'm, that's content I, yeah. still is king when it yeah. comes to Google. Um, and when I say Google, it search engines, mm-hmm. but Google's king. Yeah, Google's um, king. And but people forget that content isn't just words. Content yeah. is videos. Content is images. Okay, that makes a lot and, of sense. And so those things, and there's other things to do in that, and. I I really like SEO. Enjoy the heck out of it. Um, it's super boring to a lot of people, but I <laughs> but the reason I like it so well is I see how it benefits. That's uh that's one of those things where I say, uh, 
yeah, I don't necessarily like it at all because of the things that you have to do and the hoopsies that you have to jump through. But then again, and what's going to change tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. because of it, because it something will change tomorrow. Google's always trying something out, and you know, and I do have to give a shout out that uh, for my passion for SEO, mm-hmm. um, I think it actually definitely benefits my business and our growth because it benefits our clients. But I have to give a shout out to the person that really introduced me to SEO years ago. Um, she's actually here in Cedar Rapids, Danielle Kirkpatrick. I Shout out to Danielle Kirkpatrick. Uh, yeah. I don't know who she is. I would like to meet her. Uh, maybe I'll have her on a podcast with you at some point. But yeah, shout out to her. Yeah, because she, she was the one that like started explaining how you can own a search page by having multiple different links within that what that page how uh google works on being able to read somebody's website on the back side and things of that sort and it was just you know uh we worked together um at a, at a website company and we just every at least once a week would go through and, and i'd learn something new from her yeah and i've continued to learn you know i, I enjoy talking to you about it um i'm glad that you've learned stuff from seo over the years that you and i've known each other i i'd be willing to bet my website design my aesthetics on, on the websites and what i expect from the websites coming out of my company illuminate digital look better because of what i've learned from you well dude well that's awesome yeah. <laughs> uh i appreciate that that uh that's, that's that's almost like really flattering but uh uh, I like to, I don't, I don't necessarily talk about myself a lot when it comes to design only because I just want to let my work speak for itself. So I really do appreciate what you said and everything. I really do. It's, um, it's hard to do those type of things, but with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and cut this episode right there. Uh, Brian, could you give me a little bit of detail about where people can find you, reach you, SEO, uh, well, I wouldn't say SEO, but like uh, social media, things like that. Well, hopefully my SEO is pretty good on my website. They'll just be able <laughs> to do a search for SEO companies in Cedar Rapids, finally on the first page of Google. Uh, but if you were to look up uh, illuminatedigital.net, mm-hmm. uh, that'll take you directly to our website, which has uh, some new designs actually built into it. Nice. And... Um, uh, so that's that's good. They can find me on Facebook, nice. Luminate Digital, okay, and they can also find me on uh, uh, Instagram, okay. And you might be able to find me on Twitter. I don't spend a whole lot of time there, but we do, we, we do have a presence there. Uh, LinkedIn definitely. Uh, LinkedIn is very important to us, so we're there. Um, and you can always call me. Oh, and I, my phone number is actually, I won't blast it out, but it is on our website. You can call me or email me at brian.stoll at illuminatedigital.net. Legit. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks uh, for having me. No problem. And uh, I really appreciate you going into the SEO, getting everything where it needs to be, uh, just just talking about all this stuff. Like I said, I learned some things. Uh, there's some things uh, that I just didn't even like know. Like I had no idea. And there's I, things you're doing that were benefiting your SEO and you didn't know you were doing it. Exactly. I was like, whoa, that's, that's awesome. Legit. <laughs> I feel pretty good about my work. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this podcast is sponsored and produced and distributed by the LAS podcast network. If you would like to, uh, be a part of this, uh, group of creatives who create the content on this website, on this platform, you can go to, uh, LAS podcast network.com slash plus. You can get, 
a C. You can get some free content, exclusive episodes, ad-free episodes for that. And yeah, it's pretty just all around just a good place to be. Great place to be. And I'll give a shout out to that to the Groove Life. Yeah. Love that podcast. That podcast is legit. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, if you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot uh, Brian an email. His email is uh, brian.soul at uh, illuminate digital yeah. Dot net. yeah and uh if you guys have any questions for me feel free to shoot me an email at design at devin green me you can also listen to this podcast and share this podcast with your friends uh and also subscribe to the podcast you can subscribe on spotify itunes wherever you listen to podcasts and i have the website uh innovative creative.fm you can just go there listen to the podcast no dedication all you gotta do is go there first thing is there listen button click that then share if you like uh well yeah with that being said uh thank you guys for listening appreciate every one of you and yeah peace thank you again Devin. no problem Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.